Welcome back to Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Hey everyone, today I'm going to be speaking with Lauren. She lives on the Sunshine Coast near the beautiful Glasshouse Mountains. The drive up here was amazing. I'm actually at her house, so we kind of did a little mistake before where I said thanks for being here, but thanks for having me, Lauren. <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs> she moved up here with her wonderful husband in 2011 to study occupational therapy, but is heading into some new job adventures. Three go-to essentials that you're loving lately. I am loving uh, the singer, Stephanie Gretzinger. She's my absolute favorite at the moment. Her Out of Hiding and Save Me songs are just wonderful. Also loving Kalanchoes. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I've no idea. They're a beautiful succulent flower that has the most amazing like miniature rose buds on them. Like that type of look anyway. Yeah. They are amazing. And my third one is relaxing after a long day with a dark shower by candlelight with music, which is normally Stephanie Gretzinger as Can you tell us a bit about your journey so far? So I was raised in the most beautiful family I can imagine. My mum and my dad are Christians and we attended church as a family. In those years where my sister and I were too old for kids' church, but also a bit young for the message, uh, we were encouraged to help out in the church creche or read a Christian book or uh, read the Bible during the message. I really loved my parents' approach to helping us foster that love uh, of worshipping God and having a positive experience of church. So when I was about 12 to 13, I started to develop a really special relationship with God, and I made a commitment to follow him that was separate from my parents. I had a beautiful Christian teacher who helped me not to be afraid to be bold in my faith at school, and that prepared me for a battle of high school, which was a huge year. (laughs) I was often bullied and teased for being a Christian, particularly in year eight, but even in the older grades. So it was really difficult, but my choices that year to stand firm for God has been the best decision of my life. My relationship really grew with him and I decided to be baptized that year. I'd been baptized as a baby as my family previously went to a Catholic church, but I knew it needed to be my decision to be baptized. My relationship with God grew as did my love for children. I was always the one holding a baby or babysitting. I had a gap year and I went to uni where I met my incredible husband at church here in Budroom, where we still attend together. Wonderfully, we're married in 2013 and have just celebrated five wonderful years together, which is incredible to say. Awesome. In the past year, my relationship with God has been put under a really fierce fire. He is my only constant and the only strength I have, and I am overwhelmed by his hand in our life and the strong relationship that we enjoy. He has been so faithful. And Lauren, what topic are you going to share with us today? It's a big one. It is. Uh, today I'll be talking about the difficult topic of miscarriage. It's very heartbreaking that around one in four pregnancies miscarry. And because of the taboo that's unfortunately being carried on from previous generations, there's so many women who are holding the heartbreak of losing a child mm-hmm. to miscarriage and feeling so scared to talk about it for fear that they will be looked down upon for having caused the miscarriage when this is absolutely not the case. There is a false and incorrect blame that was frequently put on people who have had miscarriages in older generations before miscarriages were better understood and so that taboo has just continued which is very sad and very hard for those going through it. This topic is equally as important for those who haven't experienced a miscarriage themselves but have friends or family around them who have. We really need your help to stop this being a taboo subject and doing this will ease the pain from a lot of very hurt people and not just for those who have experienced a miscarriage or have somebody around them who have but just anybody who has experienced a loss or are around those who have experienced a loss. It's really important just to understand to a certain degree how much support that they need and and what you can do to help them out. Uh, So I am a mum with three children. 
in July last year, we had the most exciting news that we were going to have a child and we were overjoyed. My love of children has been incredibly strong and seeing our little one's heartbeat at our eight-week scan was the most amazing and precious experience of my life. The week following our scan, our little Eden passed away and I miscarried the next week. A little while later, we found out we were pregnant with our second child, Ari, but unfortunately we quickly found out that they were unlikely to survive and I miscarried the same week. After those two heartbreaks, we were feeling so crushed and battered. It was an extremely difficult period of time and got me basically to breaking point. We went on a holiday, which was really wonderful, and started seeing an incredible counsellor and specialist. We were given no reasons for the miscarriages, which was a mixture of being really difficult and also being really good. (laughs) Good that they couldn't find anything, so perhaps it wouldn't happen again, but also really hard because humans want to fix things Mm. so you want to know why things happened and what you can do to fix it last month god blessed us with a third pregnancy i was so nervous um, but in learning from past experience i soaked up every minute with this child knowing that it was god's child and not mine and he was sovereign in power to know what was best to accomplish his great plans four weeks ago i miscarried my third beautiful child avery i'm a mum with no living children for those who have experienced miscarriage or have someone going through it i'm so sorry It is world-shattering, and the grief comes overwhelming in waves. I know it must be very hard for those who haven't lost a child to miscarriage to really understand. When I say this, how strong the grief is. We grieve for our child, and we wonder who they would have been. We don't just lose a baby, we lose getting to experience each birthday with the child, their marriages, their children, their grandchildren. We grieve the entire future with the child we had been dreaming of. I fell apart after our second miscarriage, but I'm so thankful for God's faithfulness in rescuing me before I completely broke. He taught me to see that he loves me completely and that my Eden, Ari and Avery were his. He also showed me that it was nothing that I did or could have done differently. God is so saddened by miscarriage, but he allowed it for a reason that I may not yet understand or may never understand. (laughs) But I know that his plan for me and my family was masterfully created perfectly and brings him glory. Through a long journey, I came to let go of the idol of needing to have children for my life to be complete, which was a big thing for me growing up and always wanting to have children and always being the one babysitting and looking after babies. So letting go of that was a major thing in my relationship with God, not having something else in my heart that was crowding it from me just being content with it just being me and Jesus. And it is still something that comes back really strong from time to time. But when I have only Jesus in my heart, instead of crowding it with other things, I can see his love for me and I can trust him blindly, perfectly surrendering everything I have to his plan. And in amongst this great pain, I have found joy, which I never thought I would say when it all first came to happen. Something that I found really helped me was allowing myself to grieve whenever it came. And if I found I was bottling it inside, I would put on music and I would scream out to God. Especially with my third one, I was holding it together and really bottling it inside until I had a conversation with my wonderful sister who asked how I was going with my grieving. And I realized that yes, I was holding on to it and trying not to let it out for the fear of the pain. So I went back to our hotel, which we were blessed to go away that weekend, and I turned on some music and I just let myself cry. Ever since that day, it's been much easier to just let it let it come how it does. God did bless me with encouragement from friends and family, which I will be forever grateful. The support of a friend in grief makes the grief immensely more bearable. I also found it really helpful to have a core few people that I would text and ask for prayer when things were really tough. I've been blessed immensely by these people and I've shared my heart and my fears with them and God has used them to bless me, sometimes at midnight. (laughs) 
But in saying this, I have also learned that I've had to wait for God to choose how and through who he would provide support and learning that it didn't always come when or through who I hoped. There are times after having a miscarriage that I incredibly lonely and these times were very painful, but I, I do believe that God allowed these times without anyone or anything to hold on to just to make sure that it was only on him that I relied and only on him that I trusted. Lauren, thank you so much for being so vulnerable with us. This story is heavy, but it's so important that we do talk about this. What does the Bible say about the hope, I guess, that God's given us? There's a, there's a lot that God has used through the Bible to teach me and to draw me close to him and to calm a lot of my fears. I don't know anyone who has lost a child through miscarriage that hasn't been bombarded by lies huge lies of blame. God has revealed to me through specialists in his word that it is not I who am in control of life, but God. (laughs) And I want to encourage anyone who is blaming themselves to stop. Don't listen to the lies of the evil one for even a second. There's nothing you did and nothing that you could have done. One verse that I especially liked in remembering these truths is Isaiah chapter 42 verse 5. It says, God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath and life to everyone in all the world. And I've learned out of this that life happens at God's choosing, not mine. Another one, which is often one that people go to with pregnancies, but I found this one incredibly comforting, is Psalm chapter 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God knew how many days our little three would have. He chose how many and declared that their life would bring him glory. And it's just amazing for me to think that God knew and knit my Eden and my Ari and my Avery together in my womb and knew exactly how their life would bring him glory and what amount of time they needed on earth to do that most effectively. So I've come to know that my children aren't mine. I was blessed with them for a short time, but they, like us, exist to glorify God. And this is the way that God is using them to bring about the greatest glory for him. In terms of comfort and stilling my fears, as well as looking forward to the next chapter of our lives and all of the fears and anxiety that that has the possibility to bring about, um, I've really enjoyed 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15. The Lord is the blessed controller of all things, the Lord of all lords and the master of all masters. And if you lived in my head, you would hear how many times I repeat that verse over and over to myself if I find my thoughts getting out of control or worrying what the next stage will bring or what appointments I have or anything like that. I just remind myself, God is the blessed controller of this. And I ask him to be, God, would you be the blessed controller of this? Another one is Psalm chapter 16, verse 5. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup and you have made my lot secure. Going forward in my life, As I said before, there's so many unknowns in regards to medical investigations and praying for this can really put my head in a spin to know how to formulate the words and what do I pray for and have I covered everything. And these verses have just shown me that God already knows if we will have living children and what the time will be what means he will use. So by asking him to be the blessed controller, I give him that control and I ask him to guide me and I know that he will and my lot is secure in him. I thought to myself lately that it would be so much easier if we knew how it would all turn out, whether we would get to enjoy living children here on earth. It would be wonderful if we could just know that. Mm. (laughs) I was then quickly encouraged and I love how God brings kind of answers to those questions that are tumbling around in our heavy in our hearts how sometimes he brings the answer about so quickly or encouragement about so quickly. So I was encouraged by something that was said by Timothy Keller. If you knew how it would turn out, then you wouldn't spend a life loving God for him alone. You would be loving him for what you can get out of him. And if we build our lives on 
our things, if having children is what we are living for, then suffering is naturally going to pull us away from what we want and we're going to become very sad and very angry and bitter. But if we build our lives on God and although we love having children and would like to have children, if the ultimate wealth and the best thing is God's love, then what suffering is going to do is it's going to drive you deeper into the source of your joy. We can't know the reason for our suffering and they really can't be an answer to why or how it will work out. Otherwise, we aren't loving God for him. We're loving God for what we can get out of him. It has to be enough for us to know that God loves us deeply and to trust him and live life loving him. So we can't live life only happy when or if our dreams are sure to come true or when we have the answers to how it will turn out. Lauren, before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? I do. I have a bit. (laughs) I have a lot. Um, That's great. We love encouragement. That's great. Firstly, I want to encourage those who have had a miscarriage themselves. And for those who have had miscarriages, I'm so deeply sorry that you don't get to enjoy your children here on earth. I know how much you ache and how much raw pain that it brings. And for me, a day doesn't go by that I don't think of them or miss them. Remember, God loves you fiercely and has a plan over your life that he declares as beautiful. And if you let him, he will make it beautiful and glorifying to him. And that is the biggest honor that I've found. Another thing is to cling to God. If you are having trouble resuming your normal prayer life or readings when you are overwhelmed by grief, I found it really helpful to start by just going for a walk or a shower or lying down, uh, just listening and praying through Christian music. Music really moved me and helped me cling to God when I was too exhausted to do anything. And then cling to verses and cry to God and keep him as close as you can and grow beautifully with him. Be as gentle as you can on yourself and let yourself cry and grieve and talk about it as much or as little as you need to. I found this to be different for every person. The biggest thing I found is remembering that you need God to get through your grief, not people. But that if you trust God and he wants to provide support through people, thank him for this blessing. Try and do as many enjoyable things as well as you can. I remember a friend asking me what I used to enjoy. And to be honest, in the midst of my grief, I was so sad I couldn't actually remember what I enjoyed doing. I went home and I sat down and I tried to think of as many things as I used to enjoy (laughs) as possible. And uh, was encouraged to try and do at least one every week for the first month. So maybe buying a magazine and reading it to yourself with a cup of tea or buying some clay and making a vase or going and getting your hair done. Just something out of the ordinary that you wouldn't normally do it's a time where you have to be really nurturing to yourself and make sure that you um, are helping yourself to live as full as possible and bring some joy to your life again the biggest encouragement that I want to bring to you today as well is most of all don't let yourself buy into those lies of blame from the evil one I really want to encourage as well those of older generations who have had a miscarriage and have been told by a doctor that they caused the miscarriage by doing this or doing that. What you were told was not true. It was nothing you did or didn't do that caused it and you can let go of that guilt. And secondly, I also want to encourage those who know someone who's going through a miscarriage or just to keep this in mind because unfortunately with the high rates of miscarriage, it's likely that you will come across somebody in your life or um, family or friends or um, out in the community that have had a miscarriage. Grief really scares people who aren't going through it. And the one thing I can say on behalf of all grieving mothers and fathers with empty arms is please don't run away from me and don't distance yourselves. We need you more than ever right now. We need people's help to point us to God and to encourage us in him. I found it really helpful when my friends and family understood that miscarriage was not just the loss of a pregnancy that would soon be replaced or forgotten about, but when they understood that it was my child that had died and it could never be replaced. I would never get to experience the future that I had dreamed with them. There was also a couple of really practical things that people did that I found really encouraging. It was really wonderful when I had messages or phone calls from people asking how I was going or coping 
and just letting me know that they were there for me. It was also really nice when we received messages, even months down the track, just from people letting us know that they they were still thinking about us. Mm. In the time of immense grief, I felt really paralyzed and I couldn't even function to cook a meal. So it was such a blessing to have a meal dropped over by friends or family. Feeling paralyzed but lonely is a really hard place to be because you almost feel too immobilized to organize or ask for what you need, such as seeing somebody or having a meal. So I loved it when someone would say, can I bring dinner over? Can I watch a movie with you? It was really great to have it organized because I just couldn't physically get myself together to actually ask somebody to do something for me or organize to catch up with somebody. And I loved it as well. I really, really loved it when people let me talk about my baby without changing the subject, even months down the track, asking how I was going. It's really good to know as well if the person has named their baby and has told you what it is, it is okay and good to use the name. And if you know the anniversary of the baby's miscarriage or the expected due date, it is okay to let the person know on these days that you're thinking of them. Uh, In fact, I found that to be a real blessing and showed me that people saw it as the real child it was. Another thing I found really helpful was when people would follow my lead as to whether to talk about other people or their own pregnancies or babies if it wasn't necessary to talk about. And I read something that sums it up perfectly in regards to other people's pregnancies. I am happy for you. I really, really, really am. Even if I burst into tears when you tell me you're pregnant. Even when I go on a nine-month hiatus. Even if I never ask how your pregnancy is progressing, I'm still happy for you, but I hurt for me. And sometimes I don't know how to handle two feelings that seem so at odds with each other. Please know that I know that every baby is a blessing. Your baby is a blessing. And I really, really am happy, even if I don't know how to show it. When someone loses a baby to miscarriage, it can be such a big trigger for them to hear about other people's babies and pregnancies and bring up, and it brings up a lot of strong and overwhelming emotions. I really appreciated it and felt very safe when people would let me take the leading with these conversations and let me change the subject when it was too painful. Everyone is so different. So if you are close enough to ask the person, is it too painful for me to talk about this? This open communication can really help keep a relationship strong. Mm. The most important thing is we really can't let miscarriage continue to be a taboo subject. All this does is cause more pain to those who are already hurting. Instead, we need to help each other to make miscarriage a subject that everyone is okay to talk about. I have no idea what the future holds for Austin and I, or for you, but I know that we can trust God and his immense love for us and that his plan is going to be an excellent one. Lauren, thank you so much for everything you've shared today. It's actually just such an amazing episode and I can't wait to hear about all the feedback from people just loving the encouragement and inspiration you've given them around this topic. So thank you so much for being so vulnerable and just sharing with us about what to do when you're going through it as well to rely on God, but also to help those practical steps if you know someone who's going through miscarriage. So thank you so much. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much everyone for listening to another episode of Her Daily Drive. If you want to stay connected and notified when new episodes are released, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.